presents Games for the End of the World together with Lynx. Hey, what's happening? I'm Tom Deacon and this is Games for the End of the World together with Lynx. I can't believe it. It's episode 7. 14 weeks I've been down in this bunker avoiding... Um, oh, basically, if you're new to the show, there's been an apocalypse uh, just to bring you up to speed. And I've been down here in this pretty much a, a gaming utopia. And for those of ret- you guys returning, uh, welcome back. Lovely to have you on board. Uh, each episode... I am joined by a guest, and I am very excited about my guest. To my right, professional gamer, presenter, and co-editor of Outside Xbox, it's the one and only Jane Douglas. Hi, Tom. Thank you for that lovely introduction. And Did- having me here in your bunker. It's a nice bunker. It's not yeah, bad, is it? Yeah, yeah. And it's so lovely. And can I just say, Jane, um, you look like there isn't an apocalypse going on. How have you remained so elegant coming into this, this bunker? This is what I call my post-apocalypse glam. Yeah. So you get dressed up once for yeah. the end of the world, and then see how it goes. So we're yeah. 14 weeks in, the makeup's holding, yeah. check in in another year and it'll be all Mad Max up in here. Yeah. Mad Max up in here. Yeah, and yeah. A, a nice footwear, uh, because Gotta it's be sensible. A, a, appropriate footwear <laughs> with an air bubble at the back. Because yeah. how are you finding the apocalypse? I find it a bit of a, a sort of a drag. It's well, you've got to run from the mutants, obviously. So I've got trainers, yeah. but a dress because there's always time for glamour, even in the apocalypse. <laughs> uh, I love it. And um, well, listen, it's an absolute pleasure to have you down in the bunker to chat about all things gaming. Um, um, and, and at the end, not to, to put you on your toes right now, but at the end, there will be a question where I say to you, Jane, what game would you like to play uh-huh. for the rest of your days uh-huh. in this bunker? So just have a little think about that now. Okay. Right. Uh, and we're going to go for sort of the early days of you mm. getting into gaming to what you're doing now. That's all on the way. But my first question mm-hmm. I'm going to pose to you, Jane, is if there was an apocalypse that was really maybe another level five on from what we're going through now. Okay. Who would you want from the gaming world to be with you to help you through that? In a real deal apocalypse. Mm. Not, not like this, like low-key apocalypse, but a real one. Okay. Can I have a few? Can I have like a team? Like <laughs> a, a squad. posse? A squad. squad goals. Yeah, I'm going to need an entourage. Yeah, yeah. Like a wasteland entourage. I'm going to go for... Okay. If it's a zombie apocalypse... Sure. I'm going to say uh, Lee from The Walking Dead season one. Because, you know, he's an everyman. He's nice. He's not going to betray you. He's loyal. Mm. And, um, and he, you know, he gets stuff done. I think he'll, he'll keep his head. And he's already got the experience, you know. So if you could just bring him back for me and, and make him alive, that would be... That'd be yeah. like spoilers for Walking Dead season one. But you've had your time. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes experience means complacent, but I don't think he would be complacent. Oh, no. No, he would care too much, if anything. Okay. And I would Empathetic. love it. Uh, yeah. All right. Number one. Okay. Is another one? Um, number two. I would have... Um, Arthur Morgan from Red Dead Redemption 2. I just have a feeling that he would be really, like, good in an apocalypse. I think Mm. he'd be sort of relaxed. He'd take it in his stride. He'd have a sort of wry kind of sense of humour about the whole thing. And, and yeah, and I just just like to have him around, really. Yeah, he's perfect. And he's got experience of, you know, Red Dead 1 and 2. So he he knows how to deal with with situations that there might be another sequel and another return do you know what i mean yeah well but he, his lungs aren't great in red dead redemption 2 he's sort of struggling a little bit well yeah if we could have him from sort of the act one or two of red dead redemption 2 while he's fit and healthy okay before you know before things go downhill let's go for that what would be your skills then what would be the, the thing that you would add to that oh no apart See, from just glam uh, well I mean, obviously, that is the crucial, central skill for the end of the world. But I think about this all the time. Like, the, the skills you might need in the event of any kind of apocalyptic scenario, like zombie or, you know, radioactive wasteland, what have you. And I don't think I have any of the skills 
that would no. that would well, no, I don't think any of us do. I'm not I'm not just being self-deprecating I don't think any of us really have the skills anymore could I build a radio no could I like put a splint on you if you broke your leg probably not no. I'd give it a go for you Tom yeah but thank you mostly I I just feel like us media and video game types don't necessarily have any real end of the world practical skills except the stuff we learn in games which is more theoretical than hands-on yeah if, you, if you'll allow it you know some so. people when they're gaming don't get up in the kit do you know what i mean if like when i'm playing red dead Classic i don't mistake. dress as a, I, I know it's a, school, yeah. it's a rookie error <laughs> I, I don't dress up as arthur morgan yeah. And, yeah. and consider how difficult it is to walk in cowboy yeah. boots and, and to pull a gun quickly you know what i mean but yeah but i see what you're, you're yeah. saying um i tell you what, something like fallout it might give you a familiarity with um don't drink the water. It's going to be radioactive. Sure. If you drink the water that's lying around on the ground, you're going to get irradiated. So, like, there are some lessons to be learned, but I feel for the most part, my skills are a few and far between in terms of wasteland survival. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and sort of situation... Oh, by the way, uh, water-related, uh, mm. obviously, together with links. Uh, okay. I've got these little mugs. I've, I've filled it's it up. filtered, from a, is it? Yeah, from a safe uh, it's supply. All safe. Okay, I just good. feel like people in an apocalypse uh, from the gaming world will be, like, uh, just walking around... Uh, aimlessly waiting yeah. until they can press the X button. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, they're just waiting for the clue to happen. Um, listen, uh, let's try and be more positive. This I want to take you back okay. to the early days uh, um, because so what period did you get into gaming? Was it was it a friend at school? Was it a family member? Uh, because I believe you grew up in Kent, right? I did grow up in Kent. Okay, and um, sort of my paths into gaming quite young were like twofold so it was friends at school and they they had the consoles before me like we we were quite late to invest in consoles my family so um like i had friends with like snares or mega drives what have you and then my dad he was more of a computer guy so from him came like the pc gaming and he had like this ancient ancient like c64 and like a really old collection of games so like my vaguest gaming memories are like i'm not even sure what i was playing but there was definitely a c64 and that was one with yeah. the, the joypad the sort of controller stick uh, yeah. buttons yeah, 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 like, yeah. Um, and like keyboards and you know all the, all the good stuff all the good stuff the, the kind of stuff. commitment to a g- graphic base so there was a couple of colours that sort of thing yeah, yeah. Was, was there character text adventures you know where really? playing text adventures before you had like game facts and when you were very young and your vocabulary wasn't all that good you're like I, I didn't get anywhere in them you're just like words does, does this well also text-based adventures the early ones like you had to be very specific like got you they didn't really know what you wanted to do until you start start typing rude words and they're okay. like, well goodness you know. yeah it's like a calculator when you type the numbers exactly, and they turn exactly. it upside down yeah. and, and you're like yeah. oh really i didn't know yeah. i was so it's slow going in the early days and and your your dad obviously with playing the pc games i guess it would showing you a whole range of what gaming could be and how fun it was and then you and your sister playing um were, were you more into sort of co-op games or was it more solo games um and what were some of those titles that you remember at that period god i remember tomb raider one obviously that was very very influential yeah iconic even um uh final fantasy eight gosh final fantasy eight was my first like truly cinematic game what's my first like cinematic memory of gaming and i i remember seeing a tv ad might have been the first it can't have been the first but it's the first tv ad i remember for a video game and they Mm. had like i 
think like the ballroom cutscene from Final Fantasy VIII, and I was just like, I've got to play that. Yeah. Like that is that's mine now. Yeah, yeah is, is it more that kind of this the story that you were? Because I suppose if you start with the the C sixty four, you're sort of typing away. There's this real element of it's not just the hitting the buttons. It's more of the story that you were in, involved in. So I suppose Final Fantasy allowed you that. Yes. Uh, fantasy in the title, but like the name and, and you exploring that side of things more. Yeah, definitely. The, the, the through line, I think, of my gaming career, like, I, you know, I love the competitive stuff. I love playing with friends and all the rest. But I think the, the thing that really drives me is a good story, is a yeah. really like involving story and character. Okay. And and you mentioned your mates had like a snares and, yeah. and uh, mega, other and games. And 64, what have you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when you went to friends' house, yeah. uh, were you playing games with them, like co-ops and, and things like that? I remember... Um, a friend from school and she had um she had zelda obviously she had an n64 and um she would play and i would watch and it would go on for ages and i'm like it's soon soon it's my turn it's my turn to play and then her mum would come in and be like gosh you girls have been been indoors all day you should go out and enjoy it i'm like no it was my turn (laughs) so that's that's my lasting memory of of early zelda yeah Yeah, because i think some people look at gaming like you're indoors all the time it gets a negative press but you're with your friend however when that rule is set in place when you die it's the next person's turn right yeah that's etiquette yeah that's etiquette you gotta pass the controller pass the controller um and obviously um because it it, and i don't know how to phrase this in the best way but it it, when i was growing up it was basically a male orientated environment there weren't a lot of girls mates that would come along or want to play but you had a sort of network of people around you of of girls that are playing video games well i wonder if it is that when you're that age you tend not to have mixed friendship groups like girls are with girls and boys are with boys and i think maybe when you get a little older you have like the mixed friendship groups Or, or maybe it was just me but um you know all my close friends or a lot of my close friends were girls at that kind of young age so i know i know the boys were playing games as well but we were kind of playing if you don't get an invite you can't invite yourself Yeah, we were playing you know in our homes (laughs) with our you know with our siblings and, and and whatnot um but yeah, I remember playing Street Fighter with the the, the guys as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, uh, fantastic game, Street Fighter. Um, did you have a favourite character? Chun Li, always. Hello, fl- all day. Chun Li, my queen. Yeah, she's uh, yeah, she's my icon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Was that on the SNES when you got the the rounds where you'd be like uh, destroying a car or breaking the windows of the, the arcade? Yeah. 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 Arcades, I think. Yeah. Uh, and also, you're, you're, I believe, like. When people mm. got their first console, that was a real game changer. Was there one particular console? Your dad had the PC, yeah. uh, C64, but did yeah. you? when did you get into the modern era of, of, of when did you get that first console? Well, I, think my, I think of it as my first console, when realistically it was actually, again, my dad's. But I remember convincing my mum that what my dad would really like for Father's Day mm. is a PlayStation 1. Sure, of course And he she would. was like, sounds legit, okay. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have any money. I was a little child. I didn't have any money. Games were expensive. I mean, games are expensive, but games were also expensive. And um, I was like, no, we've got to get got to get this bundle it's a great deal get tomb raider we'll get a playstation one and uh all for jane so all for jane, all for jane. and not really for your sister if you're getting uh tomb raider the pacifist you got to kill animals there your sister... quite scary for kids yep. tomb raider one well, i mean any of the tomb raiders but tomb raider one it's going from like toe jam and earl to like tomb raider one it's it's 
pretty atmospheric, pretty like dark and gloomy and a bit spooky. And there's some like jump scares really early on in Tomb Raider 1 that I think put her right off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the so. w- wolves coming out of nowhere. Thank and, you, exactly. exactly. Um, and it's surprising you didn't go for uh, Lara Croft to be your um, part of your crew. No, no, it's fine. Oh. She's, she does not get in the call. She's mm. not getting the call. She falls off stuff a lot lately. If you played the recent <laughs> Tomb Raiders, it, she's she, in the same sort of vein as Nathan Drake. It's like every 60 seconds, she's like sliding off something, falling off something, screaming, falling. So I think those two are a bit, they're kind of liabilities, yeah. if I'm honest. Uh, okay, good. You don't want a liability in it. <laughs> no, no, you can't be doing that. Achievements in gaming right. seem to happen where there's a lot of games which I haven't completed yeah. and I haven't got, uh, just haven't got the time. I do oh. have the time, but I'm not going to do it. No one's got the time. <laughs> but in terms of achievements, what yeah. have been those highlights for you or games that you've completed that have made you not, not just felt like the shock moment or like, I love that ending, yeah. but ones that you've completed that you just, that are iconic in your memory? Oh, oh. In terms of achievements, yeah. like things that I've achieved well, well, I don't know that I've achieved a great deal in within games. Nothing to write home about. Like brag-wise, um, oh, I remember Max Payne 2. Okay, so Max Payne 2, you could complete it and get a certain ending. Yeah, right? yeah. And I was really involved with, the ca- again, like character story. Like, it's a wicked game. It's It kind of... Um, it introduced and popularised that kind of slow-mo bullet time around the same time as The Matrix. And, you know, it was a nice coincidence for them. And and I loved that game. Like, it was so, so much fun. Like, so cool looking. But also, like, I loved the characters. There was a little kind of romantic subplot. Yeah. Another little theme for me. I love, like, a bit of romance. And um, the way the game ends is is a, it's quite an unhappy ending, actually. Here we go again. Like, another I'm, unhappy ending. I'm finding ending. a theme I'm here. Kind of a I'm theme. finding a theme. A, yeah, point ending. But if you completed it, I think again and unlock the harder difficulty and again on that hardest difficulty you got kind of like slightly different endings so it's kind of like early days of alternate endings yeah. you know now they're sort of semi-commonplace but um back in the day and you're like what's that if i if i complete it on the hardest mode there's a slightly happier ending where the love interest she doesn't die yeah and i'm like I'm I need to that. see that. I need I'm to doing see that. It. Yeah. So that was that was the most hardcore thing I did back in the day when I was little, just so I could get that sort of like five second different alternate ending. So so I, I, yeah, that's an achievement. I will call that an achievement. Definitely. Oh, also, um, do you remember Assassin's Creed? I think it was Assassin's Creed Two, where like to get the full thousand G. Back when people cared about getting like the full thousand G on a game. Yeah. Like, I, I love Gamerscore, but it doesn't feel like it means as much in this generation as it did, like, on the 360. I got 1,000G on Assassin's Creed 2, and I did the bloody thing where you have to collect 100 feathers. And you have to, like, jump around the rooftops all over Venice or wherever and, and, and get 100 feathers and put it in this chest. And then you're like, blam, 1,000G. So, yeah. so that's probably that's probably my greatest achievement. Okay. Which is very sad now. That no, it's not. Out. But there's a kind of... Is it competitiveness or is it bragging rights? That was actually a competition. I was in a competition with a friend and we were like, okay, it was over Christmas, I remember, yeah. because Assassin's Creed was like a good Christmas game for me, like a kind of catch-up over December game. And we were like, first to 1,000G. And so that that was it. That was why I had to get the 100 bloody feathers. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to get to 1,000G before you. And then I can't remember what even the stakes were. But that was a sort of competitive thing. Yeah. That's quite unusual for me. I'm not, I'm not very, very competitive. But there's moments where it comes out. Yeah. Um, what did you make of the Assassin's Creed film? Was there a thousand G's on the line? Uh, who can see the film first? There wasn't any competitiveness no, like that. Really. No, not really. I um, I came to that film quite late. Actually, I think I, I think I saw it on a plane or something mm. like that. It was it was interesting. Like there are so many places you can go with an Assassin's Creed film, mm. and like I don't know if that's the way I would have gone. Like mm. the sci-fi aesthetic is cool, but when I think Assassin's Creed, I think of like you know um, historic Venice or or what have you. So I probably would have done something more in line with Assassin's Creed Two or something. 
Okay. All right. And um, were you ever involved in the in the the world of Warcraft? Oh my god! I'm so glad you brought that up. Okay. What, yes, why? Why? Why, why, does, why does that smile and a slight hesitation <laughs> and pause? World of oh. Warcraft. Were you just a you know, just a little occasional dabbler, no, or I were was, you full time dabble? I was in deep. I was. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a mixture of uh, joy and pain that I was. I was re- really fell for that game. Okay, because that that film it has to be said it was awful. So I mean, it, do you think so? <laughs> yeah, but, I thought it was kind of fun. All right, like, then. Well, I, we're, Mm, it it causes it debate, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were uh, there was a lot of fan service, which I guess uh, is a bit marmitey, you know. Mm. But um, the game, yeah, I it, it came out at just the perfect time where I could spend every waking hour playing it, which mm. you, you know feels like it's perfectly tuned for being a, an MMORPG. Like, it really rewards the people who can spend. 10 hours a day playing it and there was this like brief golden window of opportunity in my life where i was like yeah i'm, j- I'm just gonna do that i'm just gonna play it all day every day what else? it was glorious it was glorious but what else were you doing then to just set the scene for people what, yeah what time in your life well, was that let's just say i was a student <laughs> okay okay fair enough uh yeah. st- studying what uh physics Okay, all right. So uh, I'm not not to say that my course wasn't hard and there wasn't a lot to do. But actually, I think it came out where I'd, I feel like I'd finished and it came out in the summer. Memory's getting a little vague now. Yeah. But um, I feel like it, it landed at a time when I didn't have like a lot of coursework or like lab time. And suddenly there was just like a, a massive opportunity to play this game. And I had a lot of friends were playing. Actually, that was, it was a really like social gaming period yeah. for me because i had a guild and all my other like uni mates were playing it and um i oh, yeah it was it was my first mmorpg and really like the only mmorpg that i've really gotten into so it really stands alone for me like that yeah because like yeah. you, you come across as i'm sure people are watching now very personable very uh sort of there's a bubbliness to you that that sociable is what i'm trying to say okay, very yeah, sociable sure, I'll take it, yeah. if you're if you're uh i could do better compliments but <laughs> In that situation, when yeah. you are locking your way self away for yeah. such a long time yeah. and committing to something, yeah. you, people often go, "Oh, well, you, what, what, are you seeing the world? Are you socialized?" But you you found that balance, or di- or did World of Warcraft <laughs> really take over and you you lost friends for a little bit and then came back to them? Well, my my true friends were playing World of Warcraft with me, okay. so <laughs> they were there. They were there the whole time. Um, I think the thing is, I'm. Uh, I'm sort of an introverted extrovert. So okay. I do actually enjoy being alone uh, quite a lot. Like, I do enjoy the kind of seclusion of being alone with a single-player game. Um, and and that kind of recharges me for the times when I'm playing with friends. Yeah, yeah. IRL or online or just out and about. So I think, you know, it, it's, it's a... Games have got that balance for me, you know, the, the way I enjoy them. Yeah. Okay. All right, World of Warcraft done. Uh, we'll just so good, so good. <laughs> when I hit the level, like the level cap back in like vanilla WoW, so original WoW, back when the level cap was like sixty, and now it's like one hundred and twenty. But you know, every time they brought out a new expansion, they you know bumped up the level cap. And the, when I've hit the first level cap for the first time, that's that was my achievement. That was my like yes. So, Perfect, yeah. a great achievement. So what? Okay, so we're setting the scene uh, a few Jane and mm-hmm. and. You're doing the physics, you're doing that degree. Yep. At what point then, people want to know, obviously yep. moving into the presenting, the mm-hmm. co-editor of, of Outside Exploits, yes. at what point did it become a bit more than than that time to recharge your batteries, shall ah, we say? Okay, more than, well... Hmm. When, did it, when did it become more than just your life, a potential career path? Oh. Yeah, that's interesting, because I, uh, I worked on the student paper 
back when I was um, at university and there were people like reviewing games for it but yeah. actually I was like no 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 no. I'm going to be the science editor I'm going to write about science that's what I originally intended to do I wanted to be a science journalist or a technology journalist I enjoyed writing and communicating and I enjoyed science you know that was my degree mm. um, and it never really occurred to me that that I could do something similar for games games was you know kind of on on the hobby side uh, where science was was, you know, my side. academic well it, it was my academic background so that mm. was where i trained whereas video games i just like dabbled with you know for, for a long time but you know it was it was for fun yeah um one of my no my first job one of my earliest jobs was um uh sort of tech consumer tech gadgets kind of editor and there was a little bit of gaming in it and i got given you know some review copies to you know play and review and i was like Oh yeah, I could I can write about this. I I can have opinions about this. I can. Uh, there was no video at the time. It was I mean, video existed at the time. Don't, yeah. don't get me wrong, but um, at the time it was a it was a written you know it was a, a written communication kind of job, and so I was writing reviews for these games, and I was like, yeah, I could do this for a living. I could write about this. I could make make a job out of you know how much I enjoy and care about these games. So so that was the kind of seed, I suppose. It was it was um, serendipity. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Beautiful word, serendipity. Mm. Uh, you did end up, I believe, if I've done my research correctly, at the European Space Agency. So uh, that sounds like the coolest job ever. But you still were there, but then went, you know what? I still think I want to get myself into the to the world of gaming. Uh, yes, I was actually... Um, it was like a, a graduate training scheme for science communication. So... Um, Obviously, the European Space Agency. This was in um, in the Netherlands, where they have um, uh, loads of space. <laughs> they have lo- well, they have a research centre there, and uh, science and research centre in the Netherlands. And I was working there, and the sort of internship was a science communications role. So it was like, how would you communicate science to people who you know don't have an academic background in it, for example? Which you know, there's a through line to kind of science journalism. But most of all, I got to work in a place where they were testing actual like space rockets in the testing facility over there and and there were astronauts around and I, yeah. I, I love i love space like in my in my sliding doors alternate universe okay i'm an astronaut like yeah. that's but real talk i don't know if i could have made it as an astronaut whereas i have somewhat made it as a you know games presenter yeah so i'm i'm cool with that i've made my peace with it but it was in, it was an incredibly cool time and uh yeah i had a, a really good experience there yeah i don't want to be too um uh, pick you up on things but you say like a somewhat yeah. games presenter i totally disagree <laughs> massively i mean the fact that in april uh you put forward for the 100 of the most influential women in in the games industry in the uk just goes to show that that you say like yeah i've, I've done well i think we're always modest of it but that's a do you see that as a, an incredible achievement are you are you happy with that are you like being in that group of 100 other women that are in the games industry i mean it's always uh, lovely to be recognized and um the other women uh, recognized in that award were like incredible uh incredible achievers in their respective fields and some of them actually make games i don't make games so no so um because, because i think it's 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 difficult to have that discussion because you say the games industry has changed a lot and you've been part of that yeah once you start uh deciphering genders non-gender whatever it, yeah. it, it almost seems a bit uh you want to be credited for the work you've done but it's not necessarily about 
I don't want to take credit for the incredible work that the other women recognised in that award you mentioned. Um, everything they've done uh, when what I'm doing is, you know, making videos and having fun and, and talking about that stuff. If um, if that's good for, for for our audience watching, like if it's um, cheering or heartening or encouraging for them or if it encourages them to get into games, then brilliant. Like I am ecstatic if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that. So, you, so you're not trying to say that you're doing noble work, but you're just enjoying the work that you do. And you I can't enjoy- pretend that it's like noble <laughs> or worthy. I have a lot of fun with it. And, and we get to meet some um, like amazing members of our community. Our community is so strong and so uh so warm and i feel like how did this happen like the internet is notoriously like a difficult challenging not always nice place but our our audience our community um has been so good and so cool that uh yeah it just it gives me the feels yeah ah perfect i i I like this okay so the the early career so how how did it start then to to getting into the presenting uh that you do for the gaming how did i get into the presenting side yeah well um I worked for GameSpot for a mm. while and that was a combination of uh, video work and also, you know, kind of written reviews and news and articles and what have you. And um, I really enjoyed the video presenting side of it and there was a strong video focus. Like they were moving even more into video while I was there. And that kind of, um, yeah, that guided me into like the video sort of focus that we have now. Um, I founded Outside Xbox with Andy and Mike and we're all from kind of trad media backgrounds. Mike was a magazine journalist. I came from GameSpot. Andy actually worked for Microsoft for Xbox initially. So our background isn't like um, what you think of as the like the traditional YouTuber. Mm. Like obviously like those guys are guys and girls are extremely successful and they do their own thing. Um we don't come from the kind of vlogging background, the sort of like iconic like bedroom vlogger who you know talks about video games you're from the research background i guess we have a little bit of a writing background um and i think that was our that was our way in to making videos and that happened to be on youtube and it was it wasn't quite the the kind of classic iconic youtuber style explaining what you do there on youtube yeah well so we have a YouTube channel. That's like our, our main focus. And we make five videos. On Outside Xbox, we have five videos a week. So a video every, you know, working day. And uh, that's been keeping us pretty busy. I've got to say, we're not an enormous team. It's not like we're the tip of the iceberg and there's like this massive production team. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's all hands on deck. We all have to... Almost. We, we, we have a couple of amazing video producers, um, James and John. Hi, guys. Uh, but... <laughs> I don't know if they made it in the apocalypse. I, oh, I hate to no. Say. Yeah. No, they'll make it. They'll, if anyone's going to make it, it's James and John. They're doing okay. They're, they're in their own bunker, much nicer bunker somewhere. But um, That's a bit harsh. I mean, I've put a lot of effort no, into no, this no, bunker. No, 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 don't get me no, wrong. No, this is fine. amazing. No, 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 no it's But fine. if I know James and John, it'll, it'll be fabulous. <laughs> the lighting will be amazing. They'll probably um, have Wi-Fi. Yeah, do we, we don't have, have Wi-Fi? Don't have it down here. Oh, I've no. tried. I've, I've turned it on and off a few times. It still isn't working. We've reset the router. We've checked the NAT settings. There's just. I don't know if I can last the apocalypse if there's not going to be Wi-Fi, I'll be honest with you. Um, so, the, so the team yeah. team is small. You put it out. Small, yeah, it's, it's kind of a 
I don't want to call it a treadmill, but it's a little bit of a treadmill in that, you know, you're committing to a certain output of video and that does keep you extremely busy. And we're trying as we as we kind of develop and evolve to like find space to do things around that, to do, you know, to pursue other interests and, and make videos, you know, in different styles and, and to do other things. Like of late, we're really getting into Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. So it's Is, it's is that time. Stranger Things related? Um. I, I mean, it's uh, it's, I suppose can- it's not unrelated. We would, I think we, I think we started a little bit before. Oh, no, I can't. Remember. It must have been around the same time. But I think D and D tabletop RPGs generally are just having like such a moment, and that would you say resurgence? I would say resurgence. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And the thing is. We hadn't, obviously, uh, up until a few years ago, we hadn't played any, any, like, tabletop RPGs. And we didn't really get them. And then once you start, you realise it's just improv theatre for for game nerds. Like, and I say that with love, you know. As a, as a, yeah. it's, it's improv theatre with dice and rules. And it is so good. It's, yeah, it's it's perfect for us kind of, like, show off gamers i think yeah and we're having so much fun with it so so we found a little time around the kind of youtube content schedule to do live shows to take like D to kind of conventions and and like and also just like get together in like the basement of a pub and play some D. Yeah. it's a bit more sort of like one-on-one rather than being on the online world it's it does it sort of like that social aspect there's the amount yes. of cafes the amount of places i've seen with yeah. board games in yes. which seems to be the 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 new thing if you want to just like say if there's anybody like yeah. you back back to when early days where you were at your friend's house and her mum was like you need to go outside perfect yeah. we're going to do some uh, tabletop yeah uh, we'll, we'll go play RPG. a board game it's yeah it's very social and it's more i guess it's more intimate in a way than social gaming you know um you're you know at a table it's conversation based like yeah there are dice but it's it's really like people yeah. coming out of their shells i guess yeah, and how, yeah. how difficult is it to pick up you know for anybody who's gaming now who loves the the kind of a, a through line a storyline yeah. but feel like uh, take it to the next level is yeah. that is that the next level in a, amongst other friends peers yes i feel like um tabletop role playing games are like what rpg what video game rpgs are are aspiring to it's that infinite dialogue choices like i want to go here i want to try doing this i want to romance this guy i want to kiss this girl <laughs> and like that's that's what i want from an rpg and that's what D and that's what tabletop rpgs d- do for you is that your your dungeon master your you know storyteller your you know kind of game master is like okay how do you want to do that roll me this dice so it's the infinite possibility the infinite possibilities of the imagination um and i feel like in a certain way that's what you know some games kind of aspire to so it kind of closes that gap and in a really social way where you get to have that adventure with your friends you know is there still the etiquette rules for for jd uh I'll, I'll, that's your nickname by the way i don't know if you have JD? yeah yeah no uh, that's good we'll uh, go with it uh whether the same etiquette rules apply yeah. you can't hog the controller on that one yeah. you could hog the dice potentially can you hog the dice no or- everyone has their own dice but you could definitely hog the spotlight like as, oh, okay. <laughs> as show off D nerds where everyone wants to be you know everyone wants yeah, to be yeah. the star i think the etiquette is like you've got to take it in turns you've got to invite everyone to speak you know invite everyone to have their have their little go snacks so, can we have snacks as well definitely snacks yeah. don't knock anything onto my character sheet there's a lot of paper <laughs> a, lot, a lot of like you know physical things that can be kind Are of spilled to onto because no, 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 no. all i've played is uno and i'm, yeah. I'm really sucking at that yeah. 30 games with various friends still haven't won a round of uno all you need is a, a great dungeon master and okay. you, don't, you don't have to learn any lines. You barely need to do any maths. A little okay. bit of maths, that's all. Yeah. Okay. A little bit of adding up. Yeah. So this is a kind of new development for you, but in terms of back 
to the to the gaming yeah. side yeah. of things, yeah. uh, not on the table. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. If, if when you, what sort of games are you gravitating towards now? Mm. Oh, right <laughs> now, right now, I'm playing a lot of. Um, it's still RPGs, actually. I'm playing Greedfall. I don't know if you mm. saw that one come out, and um, uh, The Outer Worlds. So I love an RPG. I'm looking forward to like Cyberpunk next year, uh, Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines too. So there's a strong um, kind of RPG vibe going on with me right now. Yeah. Okay. And what is the future for, for gaming for you? What do you? How do you see yourself in a couple of years' time? Where would you like to see yourself in the, in the career? The hundred influential women in the the gaming industry, uh-huh. which yeah. I feel like is a bit of a title that you were like, I, I appreciate it. Did, did you get anything for it? Was there anything that there came was from? a cool party? Okay. And uh, yeah, there, there was um, there was you know uh, articles and recognition and all that good stuff and i got to meet all the other all the other women um involved and yeah so that was it was, re- it was really nice it was a nice bit of recognition yeah it's great kudos but what is happening where's jd going what's next oh man what's my five-year plan god um that sounds like a serious sort of does. question it's too serious and let's not it let's not, let, in the next year what yeah would you- okay next year uh i want to i want um i want a D&D show on Netflix. Okay. I want another YouTube channel launched with uh, um, more friends. Because we, we brought Luke and Ellen on a, a few years ago now, and it has been so much fun, so good. But they were fr- uh, kind of friends of ours beforehand. So like, just growing the team with people you love is it's just a really nice way to work. So yeah. like, another YouTube channel with more friends, a D&D tour or a you know, Netflix show, whatever, you know, like, yeah. a, like um, some some expansion on the, like, the tabletop stuff because uh, we're having so much fun with it. Yeah. yeah. If you're trying to get hold of uh, no. Jane anytime yeah. soon, she's busy yeah. for the next year. Well busy. Uh, unless you're going to commission something, in which case call me. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, unfortunately, though, um, that is going to be happening, but you will have to leave the bunker today. But I, okay. I want to pose you the last question. Okay. I've sort of given you time, maybe in the back the head get those cogs working okay. what game yep. uh, you'd have to play uh, for the rest of your days you can only choose one okay so what would you choose okay i've got this all right so you might be expecting like world of warcraft right i can finally make up those extra... you bossed it because yeah, you bossed I... it before well yeah but i mean there's always more world of warcraft i tuned out a few expansions ago so i could really dive back in but then there's no wi-fi so I, sure. you know, that's not going to work mm. and not here but there's probably a better bunker because john and uh, <laughs> and and what was his name john and john and james john and james you're gonna send me out to the wasteland in my in my suit try, well, try and find nice john and james oh i don't know i don't know if it will <laughs> um i mean <sighs> So I, I, I've I've been thinking about this, and my I have games that are very very close to my heart, like the the Mass Effect games, for mm. instance, Knights of the Old Republic, one of my favourite ever. Um, these like story led RPGs, but they're never as magical as like the first time you play them. I'm not really one for like I, I mean I replay games, but I don't like have a game that I replay every single year because yeah. I think the freshness of a game is for me part of the enjoyment of it. What I'm gonna say, a bit left field. But Sekiro, okay. <laughs> hear me out, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, Yeah. because I... Have you played it before? You played I've played it? it, I've played it, I've played it, like, but only like the first, maybe like, oh, first few hours. Yeah. And I suck at it, but <laughs> I admire it so much. It is so cool. It looks so good. I love the, the atmosphere. I love the kind of layer of lore, um, the aesthetic, all of that stuff. That, and I, I want to be good at it. 
of yeah. all the games that have come out lately, it's the game I want to boss. I want to be so good at it. Like, and for bragging rights, I mean, bragging rights as, as much as they are here in the apocalypse, you know, yeah. I've got to show off with something. So I feel like if you lock me in a bunker with Sekiro and nothing else and no distractions, there's no Twitter or Instagram, there's just me and Sekiro, I could finally get good at it. Like, yeah. I could really well, get good. Yeah. Well, it can go one of two ways. What? You either just break the game and you're like, I can't, I can't get any better. But so, I reckon with your competitive yeah. element well, uh, and, and that, those tendencies, let's yeah, call them yeah, tendencies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll absolutely boss it. That or smash the console on day one and then spend the rest of... Just thinking. My life like, playing it out in my head. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, listen, Jane Douglas, okay. um, here's the thing. Okay. That's the game that you're going to play for the rest of your days. Yes. Okay. Now, the thing with Lynx, they keep you chill. Um, okay under the most severe and under pressure moments, right? So what I'm going to do sure. is double check with you, okay, okay, whether you can stay cool, calm and collected okay. under pressure. Okay. I'm going to ask you as many questions Uh-oh. on Sekiro Shadows Die oh, Twice. Oh, no. And then, <laughs> but if I you're don't lucky, know anything about it. <laughs> okay, all right, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. All right. But, but hey, well, listen. Yeah. If, you know, there's yep. 10 questions here. Try yep. and get as many as you can. Okay. At all the right, moment, Michael Dapper is eight and a half. <sighs> Come for you, Michael. I feel like he, uh, you know researched and 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 and, really and, and also half, yeah i mean i don't want to say it but he yeah. definitely cheated uh, but that's the, that is the sort of person he is um but you can just by getting up to here by getting right. six uh first the worst second the best okay so okay how many questions can you get in 60 seconds because <clears throat> a lynx is all about staying cool calm and collected oh. under pressure are you ready jane yes all right here we go then question number one what month this year was the game released oh my god so uh, we've got 12 to choose from m- march Bam! In the bag. One. Yes. Uh, who is the game's publisher? Oh, it's published by, um, oh my God, Namco Bandai, right? Uh, incorrect. Oh uh, number God. three, uh, which reimagined century does the game take place in? I mean, it's set in fantasy, feudal times. I don't know. I need a number. Uh, I need 17th a num- century. Oh, 16th. Uh, <sighs> what name does Al give the orphan he adopts? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, it was Wolf. Uh, what is the oh, game's of official IGN rating? I don't know what IGN thinks of it. Ten. Oh, 9.5. Uh, what were the three shots Michael Channel had to do for the Sekiro Shadows Die Twice launch day live stream outside Xbox did? What? Three shots? Yes, three shots, as in drinking shots. Um, um, they're, they're pretty rank, I'll be honest with you. Sake or something. No? That's one. Oh, yeah, if, you have to do three different shots? Yeah, three different oh, shots. Oh, I don't know, like uh, sake, vodka and gin. I don't know. Okay, well, you know what? Um you didn't get one of those there was lemon juice oh cod liver oil oh and habanero chili sauce oh of course it was now i remember now i remember <laughs> i was in that stream hey listen hey yeah hey what it's a game that you don't know that well no, and i feel evidently, like yeah. i'll come back in a year's yeah. time I'll we'll be do these then. questions again yeah and you boss it i yeah. think on that i want to give you more um, then why don't you? Because I, I, I can. Do you know what? I can. I can. I'm going to do it. Um, I don't care um, because it's my bunker. Do what I want. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Tom. Uh, Jane Doug. Oh, it's really thick. This pen. Here we go. Jane Doug. That is the worst pen. Whoa! Bold. But, but look at bold. that bold font. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Are you ready for this? All right. I'm going to give you two. Aww. You got one. You're I'm kind. Gonna give, but I'm going to give You're two kind. because I think you know it's all about, as you say quite rightly, setting the community. <sighs> I'm going to put you across. Above there, Chris Stark. Sorry about it, Chris. Jane Douglas. Yeah. Um, how do you feel like the bunker adventure? It's all everywhere now. Oh, no. Don't worry about it. All right, you got showers down here, right? Oh, yeah, I got a sink. sink. <laughs> there you go. You thought of everything. Um, did you feel tense during that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. But did you say calm and collect like links? No, provides? no, no, not at all. 
panicked. Okay. Namco Bandai, what was I thinking? Oh, my God. Um, I'm not going to live this down. Oh, but everyone's dead, right? Because it's the... Um, yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. That's good. Oh, the well. end of social anxiety <laughs> is the one thing you've got to look forward to in the apocalypse. Great. That is perfect. We've, we've conquered something. Uh, well, Jane, thank you so much for coming in. Thank I hope you you've enjoyed me. it. It's so yeah. lovely to find out about everything. Best of luck with the rest of the year yeah. and global domination. And you too. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed it for Games for the End of the World. That's the end of season uh, one uh, for episode seven. What a great way to end it. Uh, if you've liked this episode, make sure that you subscribe, like, do all the usual things uh, that help my social anxiety. Uh, perfect. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Joe presents Games for the End of the World together with Lynx.